What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? And I'm here to talk about beer. Social Chromatic is not with me this week. He and I couldn't get it together this weekend to record. Our schedules just would not allow it. I had a busy weekend. I was at the Beer Babes and Greenwood Brewing Collab event, which was awesome. And then he was at the Tampa Bay, uh, San Francisco f football game. And so, uh, we, you know, we were just busy. We we're too busy, too wild and busy dudes. <laughs> so anyway, I will, uh, I will talk about my beer babes event. And I also have a beer convo that I will insert. Thank you very much into the show with Roshim Austin. He's the uh, owner operator of Tap That Downtown, which is a self-pour beer bar tap room in downtown Phoenix. But before we get into any of that, there are a couple things I have to take care of. First, don't forget to follow us on Untapped and on Instagram. Search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. So today I have in front of me from our good friends at Founders Brewing, I have their KBS. Yes, the original, the amazing KBS, which uh, stands for Kentucky Bourbon Stout. Uh, on the label says the original Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. It is 12% alcohol by volume. Let me read the back here. Uh, this is bottled on 9-12-2022. And I am recording this on December 14th, 2022. So just over three months um, aged. <laughs> uh, the beer that taught us that patience truly is a virtue. This big, bold imperial stout is brewed with premium chocolate and coffee. And then aged in bourbon barrels that introduce... Powerful notes of vanilla, co cocoa, and charred oak. KBS is a luxuriant, full-bodied drinking experience that emanates sophistication while honoring our craft roots. So, without further ado, pop off. Yes, thank you to Eagle Cap Off. Still love my Eagle Cap Off. Still working after all these years. I'm gonna pour my beer. Uh, let me talk about a little bit about. You ever know where stouts come from? No, I'm just kidding. Oh man, this one smells great. I'm sure we've had KBS on the show before. I think I've had CBS on the show before. That's the Canadian brand stout by Founders, and this is actually you know their breakfast stout, um, aged in bourbon barrel, uh, bourbon barrel aged, bourbon barrels. Um, this one, it is super duper black. It has like a sweet smell to it. Um, a lot of cocoa and vanilla, a lot of chocolate in there. Um, in the, in the, uh, the sip that my first sip that I just had, uh, there is, uh, a lot of that cocoa and vanilla and oak and also a little bit of uh, char in there, a little bit of ash, um, which is, uh, and a little bit of bitterness from that uh from the roast very good very excellent beer this one is super cold right now because i had it in my fridge so i will let it open up a little bit and i will rate it later during my untapped 
portion of the show. So first I want to talk about the Beer Babes collab with Greenwood Brewing. Or should I say the event? So the event uh, was this past Saturday, the 10th. It was at Greenwood Brewing, uh, the Beer Babes, who was founded by uh, Rachel Bierkowski and Roxy Liquid Dream from Instagram fame. They formed the Beer Babes family um, Instagram account, and they're now a charitable organization. They give back to the uh, the beer community in um, in grants for women who want to start their own like beer bar or or brewery or women who already own a beer bar or tap room or so, or whatever in the beer industry and they uh, grant them money so they can expand or further their business. So I'm 100% behind um, Rachel and Roxy. I know I've, I've said this on the show before and I'll keep saying it, saying it that uh, on Instagram there are a lot of reposters and um, accounts out there that are, you know, amplifying women in the beer industry but i know for a fact that roxy and rachel are are doing it not not just for their own um for their own benefit but for the benefit of women and craft beer so can't i can't speak highly enough of the beer babes family and they invited me to come out and actually you know record uh with them at the beer event so of course i'm going out there totally honored to, to be out there and to be invited and you know i get there a little early i get there almost before everyone else does because i get there and i don't see anyone that i recognize it's just regular patrons at greenwood brewing um but slowly everyone starts matriculating in they have a, a dj and he's spinning music um they have their collab with greenwood and every bottle bought i think a dollar goes to the uh to the the um the charitable uh, the beer babes family uh, charitable organization um eventually uh, rachel and roxy come out roxy is she's uh she lives in montreal and she actually flew down just for this the event um she was here i think i want to say like four or five days so i hadn't seen her she had already been um in town for a few days uh she and i think rachel and a few of the other beer babes that flew in i think uh there's about four or five of them. They flew in from all over the country. Um, I know Stephanie came from the uh, Pacific Northwest. Uh, Madeline came from Vermont. Uh, Ty was already here. Um, she's a traveling nurse. Um, so she'd been here for a while. And then there was also Shayna and Brandy. She lives here in the, uh, in the, in the Valley. And they all came out to support. And of course the, their own cause, but, um, they all, uh, a bunch of them uh, Airbnb'd in downtown Phoenix and they uh, drove out and they came out to the event and it was, it was awesome. It was great. There was uh, people from the beer community, the Arizona beer community that came out. I know Big Sexy Mike, I don't know, a lot of you follow him on Instagram. He is, uh, he's just fucking, he's, he's amazing. He's an amazing guy. He's all over the place, man. He's helping people can, he's helping people brew. He, every weekend he's he's hitting up two or three events or at least uh breweries every weekend he's got a great if you're not following big sexy mike on instagram 
If you're a beer lover, you have to follow Big Sexy Mike. He's a uh, he's he's amazing. He and his and his wife are there, um, so I got to see her again. Cause I, I've seen Mike a few times, but uh, I've only met his wife once, so I got to see her again. She's she's cool. Um, who else was there? Uh, Greg Vince's Breweries. I don't know if you guys follow him. I've talked about him before. Greg Vince's Breweries. He's been over to he's been to over thirteen hundred breweries. Um, and he's on Instagram. You got to check him out. He was there. Um, he and I uh, hung out for a while and, and caught up because last time I saw him, shoot, was like two or three years ago over at Throne. It was even before it was Throne Brewing. It was still freaking brewery. So, yeah, so I got to talk to Greg again. And, of course, you know, he and I share the same name. So, of course, I fucking love the guy already <laughs> right off the bat. Um yeah, so that was fun. Uh, a craft girl was there. Elena was there with her her husband. So I was able to uh, give him a congratulations because I had not seen them since their uh, since their wedding. And then uh, Girls Pine Out was there. Um, two of the three um, leaders of Girls Pine Out were there. Uh, Ronnie and uh, Jen. They were both there, and they had a little uh, group there. Um, so it was great. It was fun. Had a great time. It was amazing. Um, I actually got to sit down with uh, Joe Lopez and Long. Uh, Joe and Long are the uh, organiz- organizers of the Copper State Beer Fest. And uh, sat down with them and did a little recording. Not sure how that turned out. I haven't listened to it yet because there was a lot of noise. There was a lot of music and people talking. I'll have to listen to that. I'll send it to uh, them, see if they want to go with it. Or, you know, maybe we record. Um, the beer itself was actually uh greenwood brewing already had a beer called her story pale ale that's like the original and so they just uh, rebranded it for the event and from what i heard it sold out so that's great so they uh totally sold out of the uh the beer babes collab i'm glad i i, I got i got some but you know what's funny is i'm so used to buying like four packs so when when I ordered you know my beer to go, I asked for four of them, and they came in bottles. And then they gave me a one of those um, six pack, um, you know, make your own six pack type uh, cardboard holders. And then I only had four beers in there, and even some of them mentioned like, oh, couldn't afford two more. But uh, you know, it, it, maybe uh, those two I didn't buy were able to go to someone else who didn't get one because they sold out. It's not like they needed my to me to buy a whole six pack so i uh so you know <laughs> it is what it is i'm i'm not uh, uh upset about it and then afterwards uh after the event i went over to the airbnb that um that rachel and roxy and the girls had had rented and because we weren't able to record there at the event. Uh, I wasn't able to record there with uh, Roxy and Rachel. So we ended up going back to the Airbnb and I set it up there. And, you know, it, it actually turned out to be a better recording because we were outside and it was quiet. You know, there was no um, there was no music or, you know, uh, ambi- or, you know, a lot loud talking. There was some ambiance, you know, there was the other girls inside and um and then also the television crew. I'll get to that in a minute. And so we were able to record outside, you know, at the table. And I had Rachel and Roxy and Brandy um, talk about the Beer Bays family. And, and that'll come out in the next week or two. And 
Also, let me talk about the uh, the the television crews. So they had they meaning the beer babes. They had a television crew following around. They had you know the camera, and then they had the mics, and they had the uh, um, the the boom, the sound guy, and the lighting and everything. They're just recording uh, the beer babes family. They're recording their uh, their weekend, and I'm not sure how much else they recorded. I know they recorded the weekend, you know, um, when, when they came in and all the stuff they were doing, and of course the event, and then afterwards they in the garage slash carport they had you know the lights and everything, and they were doing like I don't want to call them confessionals, maybe more like interviews, and they're gonna put it together and they're gonna try to sell to someone. I don't know who they're gonna sell it to. Whether it's like a streaming service like a Netflix or Amazon or, you know, Paramount Plus or something like that. Or maybe some uh, a little bit less known streaming service. But they're going to put together something. Maybe they sell it. Maybe they don't. They actually asked me if I wanted to be in the, uh, you know, if I wanted to record something. So I had to sign a waiver and everything. And I, I, <laughs> I just gushed over the uh, the beer babes. Um, I kind of told him what I just told you, how I found them. Well, you know, Rachel and I had already been friends. and But the one thing I like about the beer babes is because I know that they are standing for something. It's not like those other Instagram accounts that just take women and craft beer and, you know, reblog them or repost them. Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't know. Is it going to anything? Who's running the accounts? Is it women? Uh, is it men? Are they getting, are they monetizing their own accounts and they're not giving anything to the women that are contributing? I don't know. All I know is that the Beer Bay's family, they are giving back and they are run by two women and they're not monetizing it for their own uh, gain. They're doing it to give back to the women of craft beer. So that's a, that's a, a, a what do you call it? A, a organization I can 110%. I know um, you can't get more than 100, but 110% can get behind. So, yeah, the Beer Base family uh, can't speak enough uh, good things about them. And I hope them well. And I hope uh, they go above and beyond their even their own expectations. So, um, stay tuned next week uh, so you can hear uh, me and rachel and roxy and brandy talk about the beer babe so that's going to come out um pretty soon so but right now um i was able to sit down with uh, roshim austin he is uh, one of the owners uh from what i can gather from what we talked about he is not the sole owner you know there's a um a, a few people and i gotta i i i talked about it with him in the uh, in our interview or in our beer conversation that I when when they first opened I'm like oh this is this must be a chain like a casual pint or something you know like a this must be a franchise no but it, it's not I, when they opened the way that the branding was and it was a self pour bar I'm like oh this must be a, a chain but no he he and his uh, partners opened up by himself and I we didn't talk about it well we talked about that they have a kitchen back there with the food but let me tell you afterwards um since i was there in the morning they had the the breakfast menu up and i got uh something i haven't had in a while and it was uh, chilaquiles and usually the last time i had chilaquiles i think it was shredded chicken on it um 
But since it was breakfast, they actually had egg on it. And I had never had chilaquiles with the uh, egg as a protein, but it was pretty good. You know, I, I got the the sunny side up version of it. Um, I think, uh, you know, in retrospect, maybe I should have got the scrambled egg version just because uh, it would have been more evenly, um, you know, distributed. But man, that was it was so fucking good. It was it was really good. And they open up early on Sunday so you, and they have a, a direct ticket so you can watch fucking football and they have uh, we, we talk about their their the, the the layout i mean they have high t- high chairs low chairs high tables low tables they have the lounge area they have the outside patio they have live music it is a great spot downtown and i just hope nothing for the best for roshim austin and and the crew down there at tap that but uh enough uh hearing me talk about it here is roshim and i talking about Beer. Push these niggas off me like Push these bitches off me like Push these niggas off me like Pushing the snakes, I'm pushing the fakes, I'm pushing them all off me like Pushing them all off me like Cause this is this a national brand or is this like a your own So tap that is Tap that uh, is our brand. Okay. Um, the self-pour industry is, while it's still new, is mm-hmm. relevant everywhere else too. You know, I found um, I pour it at another location in California while I was out there. Yeah. Um, and the idea just came to me from, from there. I was in school at the time, um, working on my C- uh, certified beer server uh, certification, um, yeah. working towards my Cicerone um, cert, and like I said, just stumbled upon one of these self-pour places and. It all kind of came together from there. My brother-in-law and I have always been tossing around ideas for businesses. And once we saw this place, it kind of just came together from there. Yeah, man. Um, the first time I ever, like, I heard about it, um, you know, because I keep my ear to the ground, you mm-hmm. know, in this industry. And I'm like, ah, that sounds like a great idea. And mm-hmm. at first, my first experience with the cell pour was in Vegas at uh, Hotel Rio. Okay. Then in their on their lower floor, one of their bars was a cell pour bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how you guys operate, but you'd have to give them your uh, debit or credit card, mm-hmm. and then they give you uh, your own like type, their own credit card, gotcha. and, you know, with the with the chip inside, mm-hmm. and you swipe and pour, and they keep track by the ounce. Mm-hmm. And very is, similar, okay. we we do this uh, pretty much the same thing. Uh, we don't use a credit card. We use uh, a, what we call a key fob, and it basically gives you access to our self pour wall. Okay, um, it keeps track of the ounces that you pour, mm-hmm. um, and you pay what pay for what you pour at the end turn in, by turning in the key fob and we just ring up your total from there um, there are I think a lot of restaurants that want to cut their costs down on the um, um, labor side of bartending and things like that will use a self pour but for us we wanted to feature beer and wine yeah. in a self-poor environment and then have the food complement that. So that would be only the only subtle differences that I see from places like you just mentioned mm-hmm. in that they're using it probably to cut their cost down in the alcohol and to be able to serve alcohol, mm-hmm. whereas we just want to feature it. And I feel like it's a fun way for a beer connoisseur or a person that's really into it like myself to go and kind of move at your own pace and experience the beer wall at your own pace. and. You know, if you have questions from there, you can always get out, get out of beer tender. You, <laughs> you know? know, I, I kind of like it because there's a tactile sense to it that you, that is like, it's different. Like it was almost like, I was almost like giddy, mm-hmm. like pouring my first one. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you see bartenders do it all the time and they do it like to them, it's, you know, work, mm-hmm. but to you, it's like, it, it gives you a tactile feeling to the beer. You know, you, you have, of course the, the. The aroma mm-hmm. and the taste and everything, but that feel, that sound, the 
the the feel of the the uh, the tap stopping and then putting it back and snapping back and yeah. just. It, I mean, it's just nothing like it. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it comes with its challenges for those that um, come in here maybe have never poured a, poured, poured a, beer, poured a beer before. And we um, we try to work with the customers to educate them on how to pour correct beer without too much head and all of the di- difficulties that could come with that. But I agree with you in that um, the experience of going up there and doing it yourself is it kind of um again it gives you like going to a a, i want to i always say like going to 31 flavors for ice cream it's like that giddy (laughs) feeling you're going through there and you get to like walk up and down the aisle and choose your beer read about it learn about it it's a little bit more of an elevated experience that's kind of what i tell people yeah but if you're into it in the 31 flavor sense you get to scoop your own ice cream (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's the adult version right right yeah exactly well um what kind of beers do you feature is it local is it whatever you can get um Um, macro in there too well we we focus on craft beer and we definitely focus on our local um craft breweries around around the state Mm -hmm. we're from i'm from arizona born and raised so i always want to i always want to represent our state i love i love our state i'm proud of being in arizona and so i think i want to start there first and work my way outwards but as a beer connoisseur you also want to experience new beers and go yeah. go to new places so a lot of people that don't get that would come to a tap room like this so they can get those experiences beer from colorado beer from Cal- um, california you know those surrounding states and, and, and bring some of that 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 um, um beer style and culture to our, to our to our environment so i try to be um as eclectic as possible with our wall and give a give a give variety and I keep it moving. I don't sit on cakes for too long on purpose because I think that's what the experience is for. You come here one week, you don't come back for two two weeks and now there's a whole new lineup up on the wall, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and now you can just start all over with your experience, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's usually what I do. I try to just keep it as eclectic as possible and try to watch the seasons. So like right now we're working through a lot of spices and you know, mm-hmm. you know things like that with our wall. So it's just, it, it to me, it's a challenge, but it's also fun. You know, that's the fun part of what I do. Right, right. Um, getting back to the like the industry side, the server side is, I you know, I've, I've done my own research. I've thought about opening my own um, tap room before mm-hmm. and looked into it and all that stuff. And you know, I understand about the licenses. But there's also one thing about pouring beer, and that that's a law. It's pretty. It's a universal law not to overserve. How do you, you know? How do we watch that? Yeah. How do you watch overserving? So that's one of the good features that I. I I pour it with Smart, and they made they um, put like a regulator. So each fob comes preloaded with 32 ounce. Now, okay. As the owner of the bar, I can preload any fob I want with more than that, but it mm-hmm. probably wouldn't behoove me because now I don't have the checks and balances to keep track on. If this place is full, everyone's got their own fob, and they're up at the wall pulling on their, you know, maybe they're pulling the highest ABV every time. <laughs> right. That can get you in trouble pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the 32 ounces, while it can be cumbersome at times, because now if I'm a real beer drinker, two two pints, boom, you're done in like maybe yeah. an hour. So now I'm back up here, reload your reload my fob, but it gives us a chance to kind of put eyes on the customer, make sure they're not being overserved. Um, you know, That's we can good. cut them off. But it, it never has gotten to a point where people are upset about that. I think once we explain why we're doing that, they go, ah, I get it. I, I understand now. So yeah. that's usually how we handle it. I think uh, in the craft beer community, you get your outliers. But for the most part, you know, we're pretty self-aware mm-hmm. and know what we can handle, what we can't handle. Sure. So that, that's cool, man. I, I was wondering that on the way up. and That was what I, I wanted yeah, to Yeah, it comes with the limit, a limiter, limiter on the, each fob. So like yeah. I said, for like party group situations, I can load up fobs for more... 
more ounces, mm-hmm. it, it gets a little bit more difficult then because now the fop's being passed between a group of people. Yeah. And what you know how it works in a group of people. Maybe two or more of a, are, are drinkers and then the other ones are not. Oh, yeah. So someone might consume more than the group, the, the rest of the group, and you just got to keep eyes on that. Okay. Usually yeah. in those situations, you, you have a... Um, assign servers to that group to keep eye on, keep eyes on them through oh, okay. the event, so that we can really monitor what's going on during that. Yeah, time. how many servers do you have like on a on a busy night? Like a on a busy night, we try to staff up as much as possible. We we'll have a, uh, five six servers in here. Oh yeah, yeah um, okay, I see that. Um, and then you know during the peak seasons right now, we you know we outsource some server service for our private events. You know that's really mm-hmm. what we're focusing on right now, getting through the holiday seasons with all the private events and. Oh, like uh, hosting the Christmas parties, and Christmas stuff like that? parties, things like that. So we'll ramp up during those times to try to try to keep uh, keep 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 going with the with the group's needs here. Yeah. you know what I mean. And because you're down here uh, downtown Phoenix, really beautiful area. Like I mean, I'd say colorful Fantastic. because it is the arts district, mm-hmm. and uh, you have some really good breweries. Like right next door is Greenwood's right there. Yeah, Greenwood's and, awesome. Um, uh-huh. They know they they have terrific beer. We we try to keep them on the wall. Regularly um, yeah. and support their 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 uh, uh, their scene over there and their awesome neighbors down the street. We have Petal House. Um, we also have right. AZ Wilderness. I'm sure everybody knows about those two two breweries. They're really yeah. uh, popular here in Arizona. I know that um, Roses um, Roses by the Stairs just opened up off of McDowell. So we, yeah. we and Wren House is not very far from us. You know, right. uh, Superstition um, Meadery is down the way. Walter Station. We're surrounded by good beer. Um, and I really don't have to go far for it. I know Throne is right around the corner here too, oh, off yeah, of uh, Central. Yeah. yeah. So, um, um, every, from time to time, I find myself gravitating to their environments and staying away from here. So I'll go over there and work in their environments because you know, get away and I like their environments. I like their beer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. The uh, um, excuse me. Like, why did you? Is that why you chose this area? Because it's centrally located, or is this did, where you grew up in this in Arizona? Or? I'm born and raised. In, uh, born and raised. Um, I remember growing up and going to Park Central Mall with my grandparents. So I lived in South Phoenix and uh, Central Phoenix before. Mm-hmm. Um, we, when we started this process, though, I have to admit we started um, with the intention of putting it out in the East Valley because that's where we all lived. Yeah, um, population owned, density is, over, is out there. That and I mean, we felt more comfortable with that environment. We felt oh. like we knew that area okay. better than that downtown Phoenix. Admittedly, so the main times I used to come to. Phoenix was for a Suns game, yeah. <laughs> Diamondbacks game, uh, some type of concert, things like that. This area has grown um, leaps and bounds in the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years with all the work they've been putting in here, uh, especially of late with the APS building right there they just finished. So, um, But we chose, we, we, we ended up choosing the downtown Phoenix location by, with the advice from our um, commercial realtor. He was very wise in how he explained the process and told us what would best suit our needs. We might have been overshooting what we wanted to do in the beginning, but we found this location and it fit. Our, it, it turned out perfect. Um, as soon as we saw it, we were fell in love with it, with the brick and the look yeah. and feel. You know what I mean? The vaulted ceilings, the mm-hmm. uh, exposed beams. You have the outdoor patio. It right, just, you know, it's raining right now, so it's a little hamper. But sure. It, it, Outside drinking beer outside is is a thrill. I mean, in For Arizona, me, anyway. you know, we have good patio seasons. When we when other than the summertime, it's patio season yeah. every other time of the year. So, um, yeah, we we enjoy the neighborhood. We enjoy the um, our, um, art and the artistic community and the feel that it brings it brings to our um, tap room. Yeah, and we just try to com- uh, compli- uh, excuse me uh, complement that yeah. with what we do here. Um, 
and we just want to fit in and be be um, be a part of this growing community here and and, do, and be a part of the future here. So yeah, well, from the feedback I've heard, I mean, not that you're asking me, not that you are asking me for it, but from the my friends I know that have been in here, they mm-hmm. they love it. They they I haven't heard a negative thing yet. That's awesome. And, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, and. I'm glad I finally get a chance. I don't get a chance to come out here too often. I live in Surprise, so okay. when it when it's time for me to come downtown, it, hey, let's go. You know, let's check right. it out. And I I've been to Greenwood a few times. Mm-hmm. I know Megan, so mm-hmm. um, I really I, I support her, you know, greatly. And then a few other uh, places uh, I've been down here, just been great. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this area, and I I moved here six and a half years ago. Okay. 2016, uh, July 2016. Wow. Of all months to move, right? July. Mm-hmm. It's a hot and humid. Starting to think me. twice about it. Maybe when you got down here, you're like, what am I doing? Huh? Right. <laughs> and I just remember coming downtown area, and this place has developed so much since mm-hmm. then. There used to be like, what, big parking lots in front of uh, like the Footprint Center yep. and uh, um, and Chase Stadium and all that. Now it's like you know a bunch of buildings and restaurants and. It's I vibrant. Think it, yeah, and I think you got in, especially, you got in when, 20, 2020? 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the pandemic hit, which is really tough, but you weathered the storm, obviously, yeah. and now you're about to see, I think, one of the one of the best commercial uh, times for any downtown area is the Super Bowl. I think we're all hoping for that, and I mean, <laughs> that's what they've been prepping for with all the growth and, you know, the things that we were just speaking on. So, yeah, we, we feel lucky to want to have survived what, we, you know, there's a lot of good people and businesses that did not make it through that pandemic time and you know right um, we we feel fortunate that we're still here and now we can kind of see the the other side of it you know and we are looking forward to the super bowl and all of the the uh business that that's going to bring to not just our to our uh, establishment but this whole area down in this downtown area because it it needs it you know we've been sitting dormant for a while and i think everybody's ready to get back to to some normalcy as far as business and trade goes oh yeah and then um you know just thinking for uh in a arizona beer context Mm -hmm. uh the super bowl brings in a lot of business Mm -hmm. and there wasn't all this uh all these breweries in the downtown area i think maybe you had like mother bunch Mm -hmm. and you know they're gone to r.i.p a mother bunch Mm -hmm. i love julie she was awesome but um that being said there wasn't a lot of craft beer down here now you have greenwood you mentioned az wilderness you mentioned uh uh, throne uh even grand is right down oh yeah grand avenue i don't mean to slight anyone no of course i forgot to mention hush just opened their new location up um by the civic center here so i heard that we are surrounded by a lot of um Arizona breweries, um, mm-hmm. and it is growing. So, yeah. it, I think that only enhances it. Um, it doesn't frighten me at all. I mean, again, we're a tap room, so we complement those environments. We want yeah. your beer on our wall, so it doesn't frighten me to have these breweries around, and I actually enjoy it. You know. Oh, you know, and craft, it, and craft beer heads, they just don't go. They'll go to Greenwood. They're like, hey, there's tap that is right down. Yeah. Let's have a pint or two here. Let's yep. go down and have a pint or two at tap that, or vice versa. You know. Sure. So, you know, it, and it makes it a really good pub crawl. Yes, it does. <laughs> <At that point. laughs> Without even organizing it, they're already on it, you know. And in between, you can check out on the um, awesome murals that are downtown, the mural right. scene. If you just come down here for that, you're going to find um, tons of tons of um, really cool murals that have been put up in the past, some that are br- really, really new. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, the, the community is growing leaps and bounds, and I just have a lot of uh, hope and excitement for the future because of what what we're seeing right now i think so too man i mm-hmm. think uh arizona beer scene is coming to its own it's still growing and it still hasn't reached a saturation no point. it hasn't it's not california yet let's just say that <laughs> california is way oversaturated with everything and <laughs> yeah. so no we haven't reached that peak yet and i mean we, we're only talking about 
central Phoenix. Right. We get out to the east side and toward north and then, you know, way up north and way down south. There's plenty of great brew um, scenes. Yeah. Um, I can go on and on for days about the people that I've met in the last, you know, whatever year, many years and and the things that I've learned from them and just like the excitement that I feel moving forward to be able to work in this community. I feel um, for myself, being in the beer scene was a blessing. I wish I would have discovered this scene a long time ago. I would have been <laughs> so much further along, but I'm very happy to be doing hey, what I do. And, you and me both, man. Yeah. <laughs> My wife gets mad at me for saying that. She's like, what? <laughs> but no, it's definitely something that I, I um, nerd out about quite often. Um, people tell me, it's like, hey, man, give it a rest. Let's talk about something else. And so I, I enjoy being around beer and I enjoy being around beer people. Well, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is just I like talking about beer. And one of the impetuses behind like talking with someone like you just like this without a format, I don't have a piece of paper here right. with questions because I like that experience. I remember one time I just went into a beer bar by myself, sat down. I was like near a corner of the bar. So there's three of us there. Mm -hmm just sat down you know we were all individuals just and then started talking about beer i'm like and i thought after when i was driving home I'm like, that was fucking great mm -hmm. what a great experience talking mm -hmm. people about beer listening to their experiences and their opinions without you know pushing it on someone else sure. and it was uh and so that's the reason why i like doing this with someone like you is because we just talk about beer mm -hmm. man, you know just let the conversation go and you mentioned you got into it late like what got you into it i mean that's the one question people like to ask so ask and i'm Honestly, I need to work on this a little bit more. This um, really get my story out and how I arrived here. But I, I was telling this last night with my cousin and some friends of ours. But my grandma was the first one that gave me my first beer. She's a, she's a cook at heart. She, a great cook, yeah. um, Southern style. You know, gumbo, all of those rich, um, good foods that I grew up with, always came with good drinks. And I remember being with my grandma in the kitchen while she was cooking all these different foods in the kitchen. She always had her a tall boy. Now, don't get me wrong, it wasn't the best beer. <laughs> and I would probably make fun of her for that, but she was definitely the person that gave me my first beer and kind of got my palate aligned with it. And then from there, as I got older, you know, it just developed and developed. Um, when we, my wife and I actually moved to California about six years ago, so I'm back and forth quite a bit. And like I said, I found this, I pour it self-serve environment in California and that was part of my yeah. experience. When I moved to California, my wife, um, we moved there because my wife is a CEO for the Realty Association of Ventura County. Okay. So when I, when I left Arizona, I was a project manager. We had to uproot my daughter, a little long-winded. We had to uproot our daughter from Highland High School out in Gilbert. Yeah. <laughs> and she was a sophomore, devastated Ooh, her, yeah, had to leave all of her friends and she, so my wife and I decided that I would take some time off and play Mr. Mom at home okay. when I first got down there. Um, as soon as we bought my daughter a car, that all ended. She didn't need me anymore. She was ready to be on her own and be independent. Now I had to really figure out myself and figure out what I was going to do with all my free time. And so I went back to school and I went back to school to get my, to work towards my Cicerone. So um, hmm. it just has always been there, but it's kind of grown over time and kind of matured with my beer experiences. Yeah. I remember drinking beer that I want to, don't even want to mention on the air because it's oh, not, hey. you know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I regularly self-efface myself saying Miller Lite was my go-to and, you know. And, Miller and High Life, I could drink a, drink that hey, the, on the weekend. Don't it's a nice a light beer. Of, a lot of beer has loved Miller High Life, mm -hmm. man, for the consistency mm -hmm. and the, the flavor profile it, sure. it brings. So. It's a good beer, but I mean, after a while, I just, it, it just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do anymore, so I kept searching and eventually I really got into the craft beer scene and nowadays, 
if I'm not drinking a craft beer, it's not almost like I'm not drinking it. My wife will even see it. She'll be like, you don't like that beer. And I'm like, no, it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you, you know, you have to be you know, aware of like what you're drinking and, and what you like. Do you have any particular style? I know you're working toward your Cicerone. So. I'm a hop head. I like IPAs. Okay. I like pills. I like the hoppiness. Um, dry hopped is always anything dry hopped. I, I, I try to. Give a give a whirl and see how, see if it's up my alley. Um, but I I I drink all beer just so I can. I mean I'm in school for it, so I want to know. Yeah. I want my palate to be. And very, that's your business. So right. if someone asks you about it, you can tell them, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So I mean, but for the most part, if I'm just drinking for pleasure, I'm gonna go grab a nice IPA or West Coast mm-hmm. or Session. Some of that. Greenwood Session IPA is one of my favorites. They yeah. have a really good one over there. So I mean, yeah. That's my you style. You know, one of my favorite Greenwood beers, though, is I know they have a lot of uh, uh, sessions and IPAs and, and a couple of lagers, but they're they're Belgian. Mm. Oh man, they're the Belgian, Belgian triple. Yeah, the triple. Oh. excuse me. <laughs> it's so good, man. Yeah. It is one of it my is. favorites that they make. We've had it on the wall quite often. It always sells well. I'm yeah. probably going to put it up there soon because it's the season, and that's what you know you drink during this right. time of year. So um, it always sells well, and we have it on the wall quite often. Right on, man. Yeah. Um, I, 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 are you like thinking of expanding, opening a second spot, or is we, still too soon? It's too soon for that, yeah. but definitely have that in the back of our minds. Um, mm-hmm. You can see this is something that you can kind of carbon copy and stamp around and do yeah. do this do elsewhere. And we would like to do that, but we're also just we're we're family-owned business, and we have to be realistic. Um, there, there's. While I'm sitting here talking a lot about beer, there's a lot of the, this industry, this business that I'm still learning, and the restaurant side is part of that. Um, yeah. This is a restaurant as well, and that's kind of my learning curve right now. I have people that make me look good back there, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I need to, you know, we're trying to pick up our game as, on, as far as that goes with this establishment um, and really push ourselves in that in, um, with that in mind. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we would love to franchise. I actually would love to put one of these back in California when we just talked about oversaturating, but yeah. I have a good following out there people that would support it out there uh, we would like to maybe put one up north <laughs> maybe put one down south but that's yeah. all in the future we don't know where we're going to go yeah exactly you, you know, know where the market's going to lead you sure. and, but yeah so it wasn't a slight and when I, I hope you didn't take it as a insult earlier when I asked if you were like part of a franchise already no just because it seemed already so well done and so well established and your logo was you know impeccable and all this stuff that when I you came out I'm like this is this like something part of a chain or right. is this so yeah i mean i just thought you guys did we've been right approached by start. people that want to franchise us and okay. i mean again my noviceness now is just to make sure that we get what we want out of this before somebody wants to do other things with it that we didn't envision at first. yeah so, of course um again i'm sounding probably probably novice about this but this is my baby you know no. <laughs> this is my baby here i want to make sure that it's done the way we like it yeah. um before someone comes in and just tries to stamp it carbon copy it everywhere and if yeah. that's to happen we want to be a part of that we want to make sure that the, you know it's branded the way we, we we envisioned when we first started out on this so yeah maybe their intentions were noble but i mean if it, you just started out you don't know what you have yet not yet and you need a few years to, before you get that you know yep. i understand i got i come from a, um i have a, i do have an mba okay and so i come from a business background so i get all that stuff mm-hmm. Now, putting it to practice is a different story because I yeah. don't have my own business. So. Right. I mean, you can... But I'm a student of the game. That's kind of myself, you know, and I, there's a lot of things I've went to school for, but also life experiences gives you the most, you know, right. knowledge there. So I'm, I'm trying to really speed up my learning curve on the areas that I'm lacking in and just get us to where we need to be and we can make those decisions moving forward. But right now, it's not on our mind. We're trying to really 
own up to this one and make sure that we do right by this establishment mm-hmm. and before we start looking to move outward if we get to that point. Right. Yeah. Um, but we, like I said, we're happy with where we are. We have a good staff. We want to make like we just want to keep on improving and getting better in the areas that we're lacking. Oh, okay. So you have a uh, kitchen back there? We do. Oh, okay. We what, do. What kind of uh, food do you serve? Um, well, we we have a full menu. Um, if I was to describe our menu, I would like to say it's gastro pub finger finger foods, but mm-hmm. um, elevated. Okay. Um, my experience with, and this is gonna sound weird, but <sighs> I am a beer drinker, and I'm when I was thinking about the menu with my at the time chef and now he's our GM his name is Eric West he's an awesome guy and he's the one that helped me put the menu together and I just kind of was throwing things at him and I'm like look I'm a beer guy when I want people to come in here and I want them to see good food but I don't want a hamburger as big as my head you know what I mean a sandwich that's as long as my arm these guys are already drinking 16 ounce craft beers Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and that's filling in itself right you know so let's give them some food that's really good and elevated but not so heavy and um, filling so that they I mean, if they, if I fill someone up, they're not going to stay here and you know right. keep on doing it. So it's like the chase that you're after. I'm going to eat this, and then I'm going to drink this, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go eat this, and then I'm going to go drink this. And that's usually my experience. I'd rather do something like a charcuterie board or something like that with really good food mm. and pick and then eat, or I mean drink, and kind of pair it together and see how where that takes me. Yeah. That was our thought process of putting together the menu. But we have a full menu, um, typical gastropub-style food. Um, we do have a, a breakfast menu right now. We're in breakfast. Um, I would say my favorite portion of our menu is our breakfast menu, but I don't think people think of our environment as a breakfast spot yet. So we're yeah. working towards that. Right now we have our churro waffle. We rotate that every week. Um, so we, we try to make do some things that are special and complement things that we have on the wall here regularly. Gotcha. Yeah, if there's something you put on the menu like, oh, this is going to be great and it doesn't sell or something that... Sometimes. Something you put on there is like, whoa, people love this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, again, my noviceness to the to the side of the business. I have to lean on my back house kitchen staff to really help me out with that. Mm-hmm. I can come up with some ideas, but some of the times it might not jive with what they have to do to achieve it. So oh, I it's a you. learning curve for me to be like, yeah. I, I'm like, I want this. And they're like, well, it might not work because of these things. And I have to kind of temper my expectations. Right. And um, plus, you also, the business side, you don't want too many ingredients because then you might not you go through them and then there's waste of money right there right? for sure you want to cross you want to cross utilize as many of your ingredients as possible that's another thing that i learned when i first started here my menu that i put together originally had too many different items with different and eric was like can't we simplify this menu and have two or three items that have some of the same ingredients and that cuts down on our costs you know right. what i mean yeah. so that was some of the thought process in the beginning that being said, I, there's things that I would still like to add, you know? Okay. You know what I mean? I would still like to add some portions to our menu. Um, we're actually working on um, redoing our online to-go menu for our, through our website, and we want to really revamp that up and c- cater to this community so that they have a really good go-to spot um, for to-go food from our establishment. Yeah. There are other good uh, um, restaurant, uh, restaurants right around us that are doing the same thing. This community supports well in that regard, and that's something we were working on, you know, mm-hmm. to try to improve on. Have you thought of, uh, I mean, because it's a nice space, like maybe live music? Or? Oh, we do that quite often. Oh, do you really? Yeah, okay. um, I haven't been down here for live music. So yeah, we have, I mean, that was part of the reason with this. So the ceiling, you mentioned that earlier, yeah. when we first got in here, was flat. And we mentioned this is one of the spots where we have live entertainment. Okay. Sometimes against that mirror wall on a good day outside on, on our side patio here. Yeah. But our architect and design firm, Form 3rd, which is right around the corner here mm-hmm. off of 3rd uh, Street. Okay. Um, 
they helped us put this together. But I remember telling them, yeah, we're going to have live music. And at first we were going to do the uh, white shiplap all the way up the wall okay, and all the way up to the ceiling and design the, the markup on it looked great and fantastic but afterwards he came back and he's like look you guys said something about live music all that sound is just going to be bouncing bouncing everywhere he's yeah. like we need to do something with to get the, the compliments the sound in here and he refurbished this is all wood that they had here and they just refurbished it and oh, wow about an inch and a half off of the ceiling took their time and it actually looks fantastic because it of does. that and the sound in here is awesome you know um we have Really cool acts that come from that come through here. Um, Painted Souls, probably one of our more popular groups that come through here. Notes mm -hmm. from Neptune. Um, we have we just try to rotate. We also have a lot of DJs that come through here for um, different events. So we want to do things that bring the community out. You know. Yeah. And you mentioned it earlier. This is the arts and arts arts artistic community. So music is a part of that. We've had live art shows out of out of our front. Um, lounge areas on yeah. first Fridays we we often let artists sit out front and pedal their art we just want to compliment the community and, mm -hmm. and bring people out and that's really what this is all about so yeah or this area is all about excuse me have you gotten any feedback from like say like city council or the mayor's office or anything yet I haven't heard from them okay um, not that I they they would I don't know that they do that right. quite yeah. often but um, I know that the 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 police department is through here quite often we've had the for Evans Churchill community meetings come them come through here and our Roosevelt okay. Row community meetings they're a part of that we feel the support we feel the love um, and like you mentioned earlier it's still growing and, and, and coming together here so yeah I don't, I don't know I'm, I'm hoping to meet some of these individuals as we go forward but we're also fairly new so I think it's just gonna take some time before I run into some of these <laughs> rubbing elbows rubbing people. elbows there <laughs> well yeah I mean um, it does take time and I, I think you know just consistency just mm -hmm. being here day in day out and you'll get noticed man I bet it I bet I will and, yeah. and it, again there's a lot to do down here I don't want to make it seem like I'm being slighted I feel like everyone no. is doing their part to really push this push this area along and make sure that we're all benefiting from it yeah there's still a lot a lot to develop just on the that backside of um those backside streets, there's mm -hmm. uh, undeveloped areas, just plots that are just are sitting there vacant. So, yeah. you know, there's still more to the, that Phoenix can uh, not do for itself, but just, you know, available for people who want to do it. Yeah. Room for growth. Room for growth. I mean, these two buildings here that I'm pointing to behind me are brand new buildings, and they've really never been filled yet yeah. with workers. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, feel, I still feel like it's like furloughed. You know, they're not full staffed, and I'm... For me, when we get back to that point, that's when I'm. That's when I know this area is back to normal again. When people are going to work and all these buildings are filled up and coming out for lunch and breakfasts and running around, mm -hmm. it's getting closer to that. But it's not there yet. We're not. We're not seeing what we saw pre-pandemic time. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. So there's it's a lot of hope for the future, man. Yeah, slowly I think it'll, mm -hmm. it'll do it. So I have a. Uh, yeah, I just have uh, optimism for your future, man. I appreciate I, you on that. I really love this place, man. I Thank love you. the vibe, and you know, you mentioned the the vaulted ceilings with the slat roofs and everything. Right when I came in, I'm like, wow, this is it's unique design. I've never seen it like this in this area, anyway. Thank so. you. So I I, I'm, I I would be remiss if I didn't mention my partners and yes. their part in that. Again, I'm the beer nerd, so. <laughs> Any beer environment I go to is industrial, clean, straight lines, and you know, yeah. quiet. And you're thinking, and you're reading, and or you know, conversating. Um, we wanted to provide that environment, but we also wanted to, because my wife and my sister-in-law were involved. 
we wanted to add elements that your significant other might want. If they're not a beer drinker or if they're not mm-hmm. there to drink at all, they might want the ambiance. Check. Yeah. They might want some good food. Check. We, I mean, that's what we feel. Hopefully everyone else feels that good food. And then if you want a good, you want other, this is the part of the business I am trying to work on is pushing the uh, other options off the wall. Besides just wine and champagne, I'm talking about mixed drinks, other options. And I don't okay. know how far I want to go with that because that's not my bag. I'm not mm-hmm. a mixologist, but I also know that that's what brings out pairs, couples, groups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not everybody is coming in here to drink off that wall. And right. Probably three out of, if there's a group of six, I would say two to three of them don't even like beer. Mm-hmm. I don't drink beer. You know what I mean? Or yeah. I drink beer and I only drink Bud Light or I only yeah. drink this. So it's that scenario that keeps us thinking about how else can we get people in here and that's how we arrived at yeah. this my brother and sister-in-law along with my wife i give them a lot of credit for the the look and feel that you're talking about in here okay. the ambiance and how it came together yeah it's not my forte <laughs> well yeah you have the high tops you got the low tops you got the bench table mm-hmm. you got the the boot seating over there mm-hmm. you got the the lounge area with the the chairs the are those uh, real or f- uh, facade fireplaces? Because they look cool. No, so they were okay. back in the day. And we that was one of the things that we had to not finish out on during the build-out because okay. we wanted fireplaces to be live. Okay. But we didn't, the budget just wasn't there for it. And we do have plans to go back and add things on. We just haven't gotten to that point yet. And that's yeah. to you what your question earlier about if we wanted a franchise, that we still feel like there's more to be done with this gotcha. place yeah. that we can really flex it out in this area with all of this potential that we see coming. We mm-hmm. just want to make sure that we do right by it and it can compete with all of these other great um, environments that we just mentioned. Yeah. So um, that would be one of them. I would love to get both of these fireplaces live for a day like today when it's rainy and Perfect, chill. Man. You know what I mean? Throw a couple of them on and warm yeah. this area up. We maybe love to do extend that drink wall there and get uh, extend it onto our patio here and wrap it around so they oh, can okay, sit yeah. up there and do the exact same thing that they have there. And the, we call that our beer garden side, <laughs> right. side patio. <laughs> We'd like to extend that over there to really make a nice mm-hmm. environment for people to chill and watch um, Fifth Street or Roosevelt Row. When yeah. things are really jumping around here, yeah. So right on, man. Well, I appreciate plans. you taking time, man, and and sitting down and talking with me and let me learn more about your place and about you, of course. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you coming out and checking in on us. Um, anytime you want to come and hang out with us, we're always we're always open to you, man. You know, yeah. you can come down. We got you on a good beer and a good good meal. Of course, man. I'm gonna go check out that that menu wall right now. Please do. Please yeah. do. Thank All right, you, Rasheem. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks to Roshim and you know sitting down with me for uh, our conversation. You know when 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 we were done, man, he was up. He was all over the place. I don't think that guy actually sat down and was still for more than like five seconds. But that's what he loves. I mean, he loves the place. He he's passionate about it, and you could tell by our conversation and the way he was right afterwards and and he's just he's passionate and i love i could i love people like that so i wish him and his crew nothing but the best so this uh kbs it's kbs i have let's uh, rate it on untapped this is our untapped portion of the show um this is fantastic this is fucking bloody lovely beer love it uh, i want to give it a five this might be my first five I've ever given my entire existence of the show. It's it's beautiful, man. 
it's everything I want in a bourbon barrel aged beer. I mean, it is roasty. It's got, it's got a coffee. It's got uh, chocolate. It's got vanilla. It's got oak. It's got ash. It's got everything. Like, why wouldn't I rate this a five? I, 2022 KBS, five stars. Five stars. That's all I gotta say. Um, so I will rate this right now on Untapped. So let's see here. KBS. 2022 let's see there's a couple that come up kbs hazelnut 2022 oh then this is a kbs 2022 that's uh, the second one. Oh, there's also maple mackinac fudge but nah or the cinnamon vanilla cocoa we're going for the regular kbs it right now has an overall rating of 4.24 we're gonna bump that up right now uh, none of our friends have rated it, it has a uh, 3.6 thousand uh, ratings right now for an average of 424. I'm going to check in. Five. Check in. I didn't leave a note. Oh, and it went down to 4.75. Eh, good enough. 4.75. I'm not going to change it. <laughs> okay. It was almost a five. It was almost a five, folks. I'm lazy. So, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Holy shit. So yeah, it's 475 now. It's in the annals of history at 475 for KBS uh, right now on the show. So anyway, all right, um, that's about it. Social Chromatic should be back next week with uh, the third installment of Coach's Corner. We will have the beer news next week. We'll have some more beers. Um, I will talk to him. About 49ers football because they had three home games in a row. Uh, they've won six in a row. And this Thursday, I guess uh, it will already have happened uh, last night. Um, had they won, they would clinch the uh, the NFC West. So um, if they do that, then they are assured a playoff spot. And a home game. So, hey, good for uh, Social Chromatic. He gets to go to a... NFL home playoff game for the first time in a while. So, all right. Uh, thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. And on behalf of the absent Sorcerer Chromatic, I am Greg, and I'd like to wish you cheers until next time. <laughs>